Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And now it's time for this week's power rankings. And we'll keep it simple. Our three favorite NFL futures bets that we like in the here and the now. Our favorite NFL futures bets in just about anything NFL related. So, Joe, how about you kick things off? All right. Uh, anything on the board is there. And we're talking about, of course, uh, current numbers. And I'm going to go to our coach of the year conversation that we started uh, having yesterday a little bit. And the more and more I think about it, I really like it. And it's a name that we brought up throughout the season. Uh, this team has a 7-4 and four record. And here are their opponents coming up. Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, Cincinnati. I... I'm expecting a four and two record out of the final six games, maybe better. So then this team finishes with the record of what, 11 and six on the year. And Brian Dayball proved last year that you don't have to win the division. I know, I know the New York bump was certainly part of that, but you don't have to win the division. And part of the criteria is exceeding expectations as a coach. And then for me, it's the perception that you have a bad quarterback, that you're able to overcome that uh, with your coaching, with your leadership. Mike Tomlin, 20 to one for coach of the year is my favorite mm. available future bet right now. Kenny Pickett fits that uh, Tomlin, a respected coach three weeks ago. Uh, Brent Bar- Barnwell was Bill Barnwell was writing about how Tomlin feels inevitable. Tomlin feels inevitable, and he couldn't believe that he's never had a vote. Not just wow. failed to win it, but he's never gotten a coach of the year vote. And their win total before the year started was seven and a half. They're going to beat that this weekend already with a lot of football left. So Mike Tomlin, 20 to 1, available at BetMGM. Best number in the market is uh, my favorite future play right now. Number two on the board, I'm going to, you know, I was looking, we went over to teams at, to make and miss the playoffs yesterday. And I do feel strongly that AFC at the bottom right now, that number six, we're talking about Flacco. That's We're going to find out today, I think, but we're talking about Joe Flacco being a quarterback upgrade for the Cleveland Browns. That's how bad it is right now. And the number of issues that they have on defense with injuries and Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, got Amari Cooper that's hobbled. There's a lot going on with Cleveland and you can't feel good about it. Uh, I think they're going to fall out of the playoff race. They're the sixth seed right now, and I don't know that I trust Indianapolis. What do they do that's great? Maybe they do because the, the schedule is so soft. They have won three in a row. Not sure that that continues, but there's at least one, maybe two open spots. You know, Denver is also above this team. They've won five in a row, and a lot of that is 16 turnovers. Do you really think it's going to happen? It could. It could. There's a lot of good things happening, but – they have a three-game road trip coming up. That rarely goes well. I don't care what the opponent is. So I'm thinking four to one Bills to make the playoffs. They're in the 10 spot right now. There's plenty of time for them to move up. They're on by this week. So I don't know that the number is going to change. Maybe it gets a little bit better over the next week, but four to one Bills to make the playoffs. And the last one, you know, this this is huge for the Garrett injury. But we talked a lot of yesterday about Bland and Parsons and are they are they going to take votes away from each other? Well, the bottom line is this: is that if we look at sacks, Parsons has eleven and a half, and there's somebody else not named Garrett that has two more than him. Parsons has thirty pressures. 
there's someone else not named Garrett that has five more pressures. Parsons has 10 knockdowns. There's somebody else that has two more knockdowns. And I'm giving you the resume of TJ Watt. It's a lot of Steelers love, but I think it's going to be a pretty strong finish for them down the stretch. TJ Watt right now is plus 250. And if you line up all these categories, he's better than Parsons. And by the end of the year, this will be viewed as a top five defense. So TJ Watt, my last future bet, plus 250. A lot of this hinges on Garrett, obviously. So Tomlin, coach of the year, builds to make the playoffs. TJ Watt wins it again. Defensive player of the year, plus 250. Got a question for you uh, mm-hmm. before, Aaron, we get to your uh, rankings here. So you have two Steelers bets here with Mike yeah. Tomlin and TJ Watt. I And I know that like votes and awards and things like that are, are decided differently and, and all of that stuff. But are you concerned at all that one team that, you know, even if the Steelers do make the playoffs, like we're not looking at them like we are the Eagles or the Chiefs or the top tier teams. But I am curious, right. though, like can one team get too many awards? Is it something where maybe not voters are doing this consciously, but the NFL, say, writ large, wants to diversify where all of these, these awards go and they're not just going to bring it to one team that maybe surprised everybody? See, but I, how do you plan that? Mm-hmm. The, the, these voters are, are going for different awards. There is, you're not a voter and then you vote for everything. You're a voter and like, oh, I've got MVP this year. Or I've got mm-hmm. rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. So I don't, I don't know how you figure that out. But it, it's certainly a fair question. And maybe last year, you know, not winning the division, there's an example. You look at the Giants where they shouldn't get more than one award, but not sure how you plan that out. And now you see the point system that's involved you know, for a long, with some of these awards. So for a long time, we didn't have that. Um, so they brought, it was just one first place vote. That's it for so, for so long. And they've ch- certainly changed that up. So I wonder if the results are going to change in that, where you have a winner that doesn't get the most first place votes just because they're consistently two or three. We could get some outrage there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be fun. Aaron? All right. So I did mine in order of least value to most value. Don't uh, necessarily have a favorite out of these at all. So I'm going to start with the one with the least amount of value. And it's something I thought about yesterday, but it was like too little too late in the conversation. But when we were doing this exercise, I thought, you know what? This is one of my favorite bets. I'm talking about MVP, and this guy is not the favorite, but perhaps he should be because Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill or CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown. He's got a bunch of bums that keep dropping his passes. Now, of course, he does have Travis Kelsey, but you also look like he's still in the top 10 in the stats category almost in the top five, not quite the numbers we're used to seeing Mahomes having, but you also take a look at the Chiefs' schedule, and they've got, obviously, Green Bay, Buffalo, New England, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. I would not be shocked. Uh, They probably won't, but it's possible. They could run the table, and I think they're going to have the record. Obviously, Mahomes has the pedigree, so I think at plus 450, it's better value. The Chiefs are the favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl, 
it's like plus 430 so a little bit better value but i think i would rather bet mahomes mvp for the regular season than chief super bowl so that is my number one number two this one i went on a deep dive on i was trying to find something with some value that i really liked and i landed on this so Stefan Diggs is nine to one for most receiving touchdowns. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is the favorite for most passing touchdowns. Diggs is two touchdowns behind the leader Tyreek Hill right now. Just two touchdowns, right? And especially if your quarterback is expected to have the most passing touchdowns, obviously not all the passes are going to Stefan Diggs, but it's lining up. So the Bills face, you know, the Chiefs, who have the fourth best team against the pass, Cowboys, second best team against the pass, Chargers, who are obviously worst. Um, the Patriots are sort of middle of the row at 16th. Uh, Diggs, you know, he did have one touchdown against New England earlier this season. Dolphins, 11th best secondary. Um, when the Bills played the Dolphins uh, back in October, Diggs had three touchdowns. So I'm looking at this. I also took a look at, you know, Tyreek and the teams that the Dolphins face, and he's going to face some tougher secondaries. So I think there's a lot of value right now on Stefan Diggs to be the receiving touchdown leader at nine to one. Finally, this one has a lot more value at 13 to one. And I was kind of surprised if you look at the pass. So this one is Texans to win the AFC South at 13 to one. You pull up the Jags and the Texans schedule. So the Texans play Denver and obviously, you know, they're playing a lot better now. This isn't the Denver team we saw in the first half of the season, but maybe they are due for a little regression. They've got the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, the Titans again, and the Colts. So I think that there's a path here for Houston to win the division. And I thought at 13 to one, that's some pretty good value. So Mahomes MVP plus 450, Diggs receiving touchdown leader at nine to one, and Houston to win the division at 13 to one. It does seem like with the Diggs play, which I think makes a ton of sense, that if Buffalo is going to make a run and make the playoffs, and look, I think we're all in agreement that Buffalo can very well do this. Like, they don't need to run the table to make the playoffs, but if they're going to do it, then offensively they have to go nuts, right? And it's not just Josh right. Allen playing as well as he has, but they have to score a bunch of points. And who's the receiver we trust more than any other on that offense, it would be Stefan Diggs. And so in that respect, I do like that play. And maybe there's a little bit more value there because the only path for Buffalo at this point, we hate that defense, right? It's just too injured. Like, I don't know how it gets any better between now and the end of the regular season, but we do know this offense can go nuts. And wouldn't that be because of Stefan Diggs scoring a bunch of touchdowns? Yeah, that's a great point that I also meant to bring up. Like, if they are going to make it to the playoffs, they have to have their offense clicking. You know, and that's kind of why mm -hmm. I looked at right. it. I know some of you guys have other Bills futures, so I was kind of trying to find something different. And, you know, it's it's a longer shot. That's why it's 13-1 to one, but uh, or 9-1. to one, But I do think there's a path considering he's only two touchdowns behind Tyreek. I was surprised by that. There's a lot of variance in that market as far as just figuring out like who's going to have the most and oh, like yeah. somebody can go off, have it's a four a touchdown game. And 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one's fun. <laughs> Everybody is still in it. So, yeah, that one I like a whole lot. All right, as far as my uh, favorite bets, uh, let me start with uh, some Cowboys homerism here. Because while Micah Parsons is being bandied about as your defensive player of the year, how about I call him the sacks leader at 9-1? to one? He is a couple of off the pace. That's fine. He plays for a defense with several sack artists, but... The thing about Parsons is it's not just the pressures that impress me. It's the quick pressures, those that happen in less than two and a half seconds from the snap. He's also had his bye week already, and it matters which quarterbacks you're going up against in this market because, look, sacks are a quarterback stat. They have less to do with the defense and more with the quarterback hanging on to the ball too darn long. And guess what? There's still another meeting with Sam Howell and two gunslingers who may try to run too often in Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. So I think that can help Parsons in this argument. Also possible in the final couple of games that defensive coordinator Dan Quinn will scheme more chances for Parsons so that he can be the sack leader, so that he can win defensive player of the year. If any defensive coordinator in football right now can specifically scheme up one defender to go nuts, I think it can be Dan Quinn. Move Parsons around in different spots. Make the offense think a little bit more. And I think he can finish as the sacks leader. 91, I think there's great value. Next, A.J. Brown to finish as the receiving yards leader at 10 to 1. Despite having the best record in football, they may not be able to take any games off. They will also have a lot of close contests where they will need to keep passing. And look, without A.J. Brown, the Eagles wouldn't have much of a passing game. Dallas Goddard may return Sunday, which means they can get back to their usual personnel. They won't have to do this 10 personnel garbage. And look, A.J. Brown, second in the NFL in team air yard share right now. He can get up to first, meaning he'll have more receiving yards. So I like that play there. Finally, the Jaguars earning the one seed in the AFC at five to one. I know the schedule is the obvious place to start here, but we're also seeing elite offensive play, something that we were concerned about during the preseason. From next-gen stats, right tackle Anton Harrison did not allow a pressure on any of his 19 matchups against Will Anderson in that Texans game, and it's helping Lawrence to one of his higher play action rates of the season at greater than 30%. So if Trevor Lawrence has enough time in the pocket to develop play action, then suddenly he can throw those deep balls to Calvin Ridley and company. And now this Jaguars offense becomes mighty scary and it needs to be to get that top seed. So Jacksonville one seed, AJ Brown receiving yards leader, Parsons sack leader. Yeah. The sack leader is, that's a much better bet than defensive player of the year. It gets, I think that's a good example of listen, it kind of reminds me of the conversation that you can have around the Super Bowl. Just bet the quarterback on the winning team, for MVP mm-hmm. because that gets you a better number than going, you know, money line or, or spread or whatever. Uh, but yeah, plus 900 versus, you know, around two to one or even less than that. It's, it's a huge difference. And you're fighting the same statistical arguments you are regardless. You so might as well get a bigger payout. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we're going off the board right here on the BetQL Network.